Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Insurgent. We're your host, Ashton and Sam. We're two accountants who binge podcasts by day and TV by night. Keep listening to find what you've been in search of. Hi, Sam. Hey, Ashton. What's um, up? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got hometown part two. We're not going to do a show today. This is a mini episode. We are both. No, we've got a crime junkie episode and a my favorite murder episode. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking too, I think it's good that we cover these, um, like do one episode from a big thing because those two podcasts have like tons of podcasts mm-hmm. and i feel like if you're new to them and you're trying to go find somewhere to start because they've been around for years yeah i'm hoping that our like okay here's a good one to listen to is maybe a good place to start and then you can just like go from there yeah that's what i did when i first started listening to crime junkie i like kind of scrolled through and i would like read the little yeah. synopsis and pick which ones i wanted to listen to and then i was like I need more to listen to. So I mm-hmm. started from like the very beginning, but yeah. yeah. So we'll get back to doing full shows. Full shows. Yeah. We need kind of a break. Full shows take a lot more time to mm-hmm. listen to and re- make notes for. Yes. And- yeah. So we got a little lazy, but I think, I think this is, this is good. And I like telling hometown stories. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can't remember. Do you want me to go first? Do sure. you want to go first? Okay. I'll go first. So I've got my favorite murder. Um, this is episode 312. So it's like very recent, like this past week, I think. And this story was told by Georgia. Um, and this happened in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So this is the story of um, the kidnapping of Jody Plochet. And this took, so it took place in Baton Rouge in the early 80s. Jody is uh, one of four kids. He has two brothers and a sister. His parents at the time enroll him 
into a karate school and that school is ran by Jeff Doucette. Um, he's 24 years old, ex Marine and known for being like a fun loving coach. Um, later on Jody's parents separate and Jody's dad, Gary moves out. And during the separation, Jeff starts spending more time with the boys and Jody's mom looks at it like, um, this is good for them. He's providing emotional support during a tough time. And there's also rumors, um, in bold rumors, we don't know, but June and Jeff had a romantic relationship. Uh, but June did lean on Jeff for emotional support as well during the divorce. So after a while, uh, June starts to notice Jeff is spending a lot of time with one of her sons in particular, and that is Jody, and he is 11 at the time. Uh, Jody quits the other sports he's playing so he can focus just on karate, and this is probably influenced by Jeff, if I had to assume. Um, so then he's only doing karate all the time. So Gary, Jody's dad, hears from another kid, uh, who, who, whose kid attends this karate school that Jeff had been appropriate with that kid and he was removed from the school. And then they find out that there's been at least six other kids who have been removed because of similar situations. Um, Gary then tells Jeff to stay away from his family after hearing this news, but then Jeff ignores him and does not stop. In February of 1984, Jeff asks if he can take Jody up to the karate school to show him the new carpet being installed, which I thought this was just a weird excuse, but I guess whatever. Like, he... I would be like, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> I know, carpet. what 11 year old kid wants to go see the new carpet? <laughs> anyway, so. He says that this is only going to take like 15 minutes. They should be right back. Well, they hours go by and they don't return. So June like realizes something is wrong. So she calls like around to Jeff's family members because they had grown close at this point. So she was like had that type of relationship. And so she called his family members and they said that he they been in Port Arthur, which is like four hours west of Baton Rouge. So that's actually in Texas. Um, so June finally tells Gary what happened and they call the cops and the FBI gets involved. So a week later, Jeff calls um, June and he doesn't know like the FBI is involved at this point, but he tells her not to tell anyone that he's called, but obviously like they're all around and they record the conversations and advise June on what to say. Um, Jeff tells June he wants her to meet him in LA and bring the other kids. So basically like he wants her to run away with him and the kids. Um, and June plays along and says she can't because if she does, that will give Gary um, like the right to get custody of all the children. Like if she just gets up and leaves with them. So the authorities finally trace the call and they find their location and they are staying in a hotel near Disneyland in Anaheim, California. So they took a bus from Baton Rouge, Louisiana to California. That's a long bus ride. Very long bus ride. And to like go under disguise, Jeff shaves his beard and dyes uh, Jody's hair black. He had blonde hair. So it looked like his son and Jeff had brown hair. 
so after they find their location, the FBI raids the hotel. They arrest Jeff and return Jody back to L.A. Investigators interview Jody, and they learn that Jeff had been grooming him, obviously. Uh, Jeff had been molesting Jody, and he didn't tell anyone because he didn't want to get Jeff in trouble. Like, he looked at Jeff like his best friend. So, you know, very confusing for an 11-year-old kid. Um, they interviewed Jeff and he confesses to what he did to Jody and said he was molested as a child. So he like continued the abuse, which is not an excuse, not an excuse. So Jeff is still, um, in California waiting for extradition when Gary overhears people talking at a local, local bar and finds out when Jeff will be returning to the Baton Rouge airport. And so he realizes it's going to be like that night or that evening or whatever. So Gary heads to the airport and he tries to recon- uh tries to disguise himself so people don't recognize him because like it's a small town like everybody knows each other. So he wears like a baseball hat and sunglasses. And while Jeff is being ex- escorted, Gary has his back turned like to pay phones and he calls a friend and um he tells his friend that he was like as they're walking through he's like i'm about to pull the gun out of my boot and you're going to hear a shot and he doesn't even put the phone up he just turns around and shoots jeff in the head and this was all recorded live like like the news like news reporters were there to see his return because it was a big story at the time and so i was like okay if this was recorded live like i wonder if there's still video of it and so i googled it and there is video of him literally like standing at the payphone turning around and you can see the gun and he pulls it up and shoots him and he just falls straight to the ground which i was pretty impressed by his shot i mean i guess they were pretty close but shoots him right in the head because that would have been scary if someone else got hurt yeah but he um so yeah if you or dark and demented like me and want want to go see that i mean it's not gory at all right you just literally and it's a very very grainy video because it's from the 80s yeah uh but just fyi Mm. it's out there so um somebody you can hear people in the crowd saying like why gary why because they all know like they realize it's him and he responds and says if somebody did it to your kid you would do it too so you're just like dang like yikes um so he's handcuffed and then like i said like the cameras have caught all of this and jeff they take jeff to the hospital and he dies the next day so gary is charged with second degree murder he is released on a hundred thousand dollar bond um his attorney has gary admitted to a psychiatric hospital they basically say like he he was so depressed from what happened to his son that it put him into a psychotic state um and then of course like the public doesn't think gary should be arrested but uh georgia said that there was um an assistant prosecutor who said like you know there this is a dilemma because if the grand jury says what you did is forgivable what do we do about the next victim's revenge and where do we draw the line so you know it's hard because you know then you're kind of saying like it's okay for everybody to come out yeah and take like you're doing the wrong thing but for the right reason yeah so he's a sentence to five years of probation um 
And Jody, he was at the time, you know, he's 11 and this is all just very confusing for him. Mm. Um, And he was upset with his father and he just he just wanted Jeff to stop abusing him. He didn't want him to die. Mm -hmm. The murder put a wedge between him and his father for a little while, but they reconciled a couple months later. And um, he says he doesn't condone what his father did. He's. Um, he said during that time he needed his dad. He, he said, I understand why, but it's more important for a parent to be there and help support their children than putting themselves in a place to be prosecuted, which I think was a really good point because, mm-hmm. you know, any parents like, well, yeah, I would have done the same thing, but you kind of have to look at it from the kids point yeah, of like view. It doesn't help me to have a dad in jail either. So mm-hmm, exactly. But Gary never ultimately regrets what he did. Um, Jody is now an activist. He graduated from LSU. He works in violence prevention. He also worked in Victim Services Center as a sexual assault counselor. counselor. He provided crisis intervention to sexual assault victims. He um, held sexual violence risk reduction programs for children aged pre-K to college. He trained police officers, hospital workers, school admin, and parents how to handle situations like this. And they said in the podcast that, um, or I guess Jody said that, if an adult wants to spend more time with your children than you do, there's a problem. So it's a good point. Yeah, um, Jody ends up writing a book, and basically he just he wanted to help other parents just to spot this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't happen to other children. And the title of the book is called Why Gary Why. So very interesting case. And I'd actually heard this before um, uh, before it was on their podcast. I can't remember where. I don't know if it was a crime junkies or who knows, honestly. Yeah. But I know I've heard the story before. And so when I heard that again, I was like, oh, perfect. Another yeah. another hometown. But yeah, I think I always think it's so great when something so terrible happens to somebody like that and then they go on to do those all those amazing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um you just feel I don't know, makes you feel I guess a little better that yeah, you're like, yeah. you know, you're doing great great things. So That reminds me of when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply a book I was trying to think of the author was Lisa Jewell or not but um it's called Then She Was Gone and it's um I mean it's a fictional story but um 
uh, this family's daughter, like all of a sudden one day went missing and they still have another daughter and they have, there's a woman who's like a music teacher. I think it's like piano or something who, um, was continuing to teach the other daughter and the other daughter was like, there's something weird about her. And she had ended up, it ends up, she had kidnapped the other daughter and was like keeping her like in her basement and stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like, it kind of reminds me of that. It's like a coach or like a teacher, Uh like close to the, your kid and takes it way too far. far. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's a, that was a, um, a good, good little hometown part and you've got an lsu sweatshirt on oh i am wearing my lsu i know go tigers so i love to hear of people i'm like oh yeah and mine is also college uh has a college Uh, theme theme, um yeah and i don't know why i guess when we were did our first hometowns we were trying to do like full podcasts and not just episodes because i don't know why i didn't think of this one because i wanted to do something from chicago or illinois and i couldn't think of anything but this one is crime junkie um they don't number their episodes but um it came out in september 2019 and it's called the murder of ying ying zhang i think that's Mm -hmm. how you say zhang i don't know um so in june of 2017 ying ying had been going to meet um, like an apartment manager um, just outside of the campus of University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana campus and uh, U of I is probably where I would have gone to school if I had graduated high school in Illinois mm-hmm. and whenever we drive back and forth from here like Nashville to Chicago um, we like stop at the Starbucks that's at U of I Champaign-Urbana so I kind of know the campus like a little bit but yeah um, so Ying Ying was actually a, not like a foreign exchange student, but she was on like a one year, like grant to study in, at U of I, she was from China and she had actually graduated with a master's degree already, but she was doing, um, science and she was studying like photosynthesis or something very specific um so she was in u of i for a year and she had an apartment that was like student housing but Mm -hmm. she wanted to find one that was a little bit closer to where she was working so she had gone to look at this apartment um she had an appointment at two o'clock but the uh property manager and like her friends and professors hadn't seen her since she left and she was not the type to like miss class or just like go missing so um the they got the police to like enter her apartment and like all her stuff was there so they could tell that she didn't leave like willingly or she hadn't like packed up to go on a trip or something And so they got in contact with the property manager she was supposed to meet. And he said that their appointment was at two o'clock and he got a text from her at 139 and she said, I'm going to be about 10 minutes late. So he waited for her and at 238, so like an hour after she said she was only going to be 10 minutes late, um, she still hadn't showed up. So he messaged her again, said like, are you still coming? And got no answer. So um, the police started looking at security video around campus um, that afternoon. And the security video 
caught her. So she was going to have to take two buses to get to this new place. And so the cameras caught her getting off of the first bus and realizing that she was late for the second. And I guess it shows her kind of like running after that second bus. It had taken off without her. So um, she's just standing there. The bus goes by and like she didn't have a car because she was just on this like one year like grant or leave, I guess, from China. So they see her just standing there alone and then a black car passes her and then three minutes later that same car comes back in the other direction and stops for her and she kind of like leans to the window and like whoever is inside is talking to her and convinces her to get in the car when they said that story it like gave me chills and there's actually a video of that also i've i've seen the like security video of like the car going and then coming by and stopping and her getting in. And they say like that was the last time she was seen or heard from um, again. So the police, the biggest thing they have to go off of, like they know what happened, but they don't know who. And so they track down the car and the car was like kind of a rare model. Um, And so they find everyone in the county who has that car registered. So, I mean, there's not that many people. So they go around um, to everyone and they end up at Brent Christensen's. um, I don't know if it was his house or apartment. I can't remember. Um, So they talk to him and he's like, yeah, I don't really remember what I was doing that day. I was probably just at home. Um, So they don't really have anything to like arrest him or like go off of. So they leave um, and they continue to review that security video and they realize that the car that stopped for her um, and took her off has like damage on the front like hubcap or something some part of the front of the car so they go back to Brent Christensen's house and his car has the matching damage so they talk to him again and he's like oh yeah actually I I I was driving around campus that day and I did pick someone up and he said I never got her name so like I don't know if it was her but I offered her a ride I started to drive her and then she started to like panic and I didn't know what was wrong but she said that like she needed to get out so I let her out um so the police have like a warrant to search his computer and and all this stuff and Brent is married at this time and his wife like gives them like access to everything So then, um, like, at this point in the story, Crime Junkie goes into a little bit of Brent's background, and he was a graduate student at the college, but in 2016, he had to drop out. He was struggling with drugs and alcohol and was having relationship trouble with his wife, and so they agreed to have an open relationship, Hmm. and um, he, like, he was in, like, a really bad place with like the drugs and the alcohol but was also I guess like having very like dark thoughts and like became obsessed with like serial killers and like kidnappings and stuff and he had all this like search history on his computer so um 
now that like the police are pretty certain like he confessed to driving around a girl that day he has the same car he's got like all the like characteristics Mm -hmm. that they would be looking for um they get brent's girlfriend so not his wife um his girlfriend agrees to wear a wire while she's Uh, with him for like two weeks and she thinks she's doing it to like clear him she's like we talk all the time he's never said anything about it i'll wear a wire and prove it to you well they he decides that he wants to go to a memorial walk that they organize on campus so um ying yang's family came um they all flew from china to illinois and they said that like they weren't going to go home until they had her Mm So they had organized a memorial walk and he said he wanted to go. So he and his girlfriend went and he told her, he said, I wanted to see how many people attended. Everyone came for me. Uh Oh yeah. Um, and then, so that night afterwards, like they go to a bar or something and they're drinking, he gets drunk and he confesses to everything. He told the girlfriend that, um, he abducted, beat, raped her, tortured her in his apartment and then hit her with a baseball bat, decapitated her and stabbed her in his bathtub, in his bathroom. And he said that he killed 13 women in total over a span of about 10 years. And he said he was as good as Ted Bundy. So, like, he was, like, bragging about this. Did they confirm that he killed the 13 other people? I, uh, no, I think he's only just said it because he said he doesn't, he said he killed all those people, but this is the only one that's ever been tied back to him. And he didn't even know any of their names. Like, this is the only one he knew their name and he only knew it because of Hmm. like the story and like him connecting him to her so he didn't he said he didn't know any of the other women like he just picked random i wonder if he's bragging or if he actually did it yeah i don't know because he's obviously a psychopath so he could just be like bragging yeah um and he said that day he had been driving around looking for the perfect victim so like he had plotted like this whole thing out and he had been driving for like hours like that whole day trying to find someone um and he had like the same like criteria like a girl by herself like small like Mm -hmm. someone that he thought that he could overtake um and so like in all the the stuff that the police like confiscated they found a text from him and it was like it was pretty long but he said i would rather destroy humanity than fade into nothingness like he wanted to be known for something and that something was awful um and another woman at the university of illinois like after this all came out said that she was lured to a car and the person um, inside pretended to be an undercover cop. Um, and so they, they obviously don't know why Ying Ying got into the car. If he promised a ride and she was already running late or if he said that he was like an undercover cop and that's why she got in. But, um, he was sentenced to life in jail. Um, and in 2018, he gave the location of Ying Ying's body, but it was in like a plea deal, mm-hmm. basically. So he is serving life in prison, but like he wasn't sentenced to death. death. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was looking it up and there there was supposed to be a documentary um, about her that was supposed to be released at South by Southwest in... 
I guess it was March of 2020, but then the pandemic. So I was trying to figure out like if it's been released on like YouTube or something. Uh Um, And I couldn't, I I wasn't sure, but um, it would be interesting to, to see. But yeah. I hate when they have to, when they decapitate them. I, I don't get that. It bothers either. me I, so I bad because I just think of the family of like one finding out that she's been murdered yeah. and then two, he has the audacity to do that I on know. top of everything else. And they, he like bought a bunch of cleaning supplies and like cleaned his whole apartment and like deep cleaned his car, like the passenger side of his car. And um, I guess he got, like, the blood out of, like, the carpet, but not the flooring under Mm -hmm. the carpet. And so they were able to get um, blood off of the, like, flooring underneath that, like, matched to her. Um, So did they, were they able, did he tell them where, like, her whole body was? Yeah, so he brought her, like, remains and put them in, like, different garbage cans. Mm -hmm. And it was brought to, like, a dump and it's been, like, compacted. Yeah. Like, they know where but like there's so much has been Mm -hmm. like piled on top of it and everything jeez yeah yeah that that one's scary because i mean say if his 13 previous murders are Mm -hmm. true it doesn't seem as random but his i mean it is still like how he picked his victim was very random and terrifying Mm -hmm. it's horrible yeah but yeah, that that was a um a good good story. Just reminders, be careful. Yeah, don't take rides from strangers. Yeah, when I I think I've told you this before where one time I had a final late at night on LSU's campus. Yeah, I did the <laughs> I'll I'll explain it to the people <laughs> the 30 people that listen. So, um me being the natural true crime junkie I am I'm terrified all the time and I was walking across campus I had a final and I had to walk like I'd parked on one side of campus but the last final of the day was on the other side so I was walking across campus and so I got a ballpoint pin and took the lid off and just was walking and I was like okay if someone approaches me you're getting you're a ready. pin to the eyeball so um, I talk a lot of snap smack, but hopefully I could have <laughs> executed my plan. I think you would have. I was ready. Um, but yeah, so good. Two good stories. Hopefully, hopefully we'll do some more little mini episodes. I like these. Um, but you know the drill. Go to Crime Junkie. Go to My Favorite Murder. Listen to these episodes. Listen to some more episodes. And subscribe, like, follow all the things um we've almost made a whole dollar so i say i'm like 50 something cents we're getting there wait that's a half a dollar oh my god yeah it's not not like time it's not 60 oh my god how embarrassing i I was like what is she looking at oh my god i'm an idiot that's okay i got accountants don't really know numbers that well (laughs) But no, that's because we're thinking in money time. But but, but I There's guess no if we're excuse. thinking in money, then we would know. I don't know. Okay. okay, we're it's half. Okay. We're halfway to a dollar. Yeah. We made almost fifty cents. So yeah. Sam and I have made enough to take care of our retirement. I mean, we're just yeah. gonna be loaded. We're gonna um, quit our jobs. <laughs> yeah. Go on tour. 
I know there's so many people out there who want to see us. Um, Okay, so wow, yeah, so we've made almost 50 cents. That's embarrassing. Um, But yeah, we're we're doing some research today. We're going to try to maybe come up with some, maybe a little bit of original content, but something more original yeah that we're not, not just recite not we don't recite but like retelling retelling the story yeah, yeah yeah but we like to retell these stories because we love listening to them and hopefully mm-hmm. you do too uh oh i just pushed a button hopefully i didn't mess with anything anyways so unhinged <laughs> okay um anyways we'll get better at this next time yeah just bear with us. Okay. okay. We'll probably cut out some of this anyways. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Bye. Bye, Sam. Bye, Ashton. <laughs>